On today's podcast, we have Veronica from Veronica's Blushing. She's also the leader and founder of the Millennial Style Group on Facebook. She has a beautiful blog and a huge following. Join us now with Veronica from Veronica's Blushing. Hi, girl. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. We, I've got so many questions for you. I want to know everything. Okay. I know. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So I know you're from Houston and I know you, I found out about you because of the Grand Millennial Style Group on Facebook and my style is a little bit of, I, I don't like to say that I've got a particular style because I know trends come and go. But to me, Grand Millennial is just rebranding of traditional style and it's just modernized it with a little bit brighter colors and cleaner finishes, but it's still so traditional. It's just the way the millennials have taken a, a, a take on what our grandmothers have done. You have, you've created the Grand Millennial style group on Facebook and it's huge. The Grand Millennial style Facebook group was kind of born because of the pandemic, which is such sort of an interesting way that it came about. Um, You know, Grand Millennial had just started at that time to kind of trend and I started seeing the word everywhere and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, like this is the exact aesthetic I want for my home. This is the aesthetic I'm moving towards. I absolutely love that it's rooted in tradition, but has these modern elements. And I remember texting my friend Britt, who is the co-founder of the group. And I said, you know, I feel like everybody is really invested in and working on their homes right now because we're all working from home during the pandemic. And I feel like we should create this space for women like us who love the traditional aesthetic and want to share their homes and get advice. And so we created the Grand Millennial Style Facebook group. And it was the first Grand Millennial Facebook group like ever on Facebook. And it just grew sort of exponentially. I mean, we promoted it on our social media channels, but a lot of the members aren't even, you know, people who know us from our blogs or Instagram. And it's just been such a wonderful community. And I feel like that group like totally got me through the lows of the pandemic. Um, So it's just been really special to connect with women all over the country and the world who kind of share this passion for making their homes, um, you know, beautiful and comfortable and with a little bit more of a maximalist approach than we've kind of been seeing trending over the last decade. More minimal, you know, white everything, you know, farmhouse, like the women in this group are much more rooted in tradition, but still want to have like those modern elements in their home. So it's just been such a joy to, um, you know, see into other people's homes and get ideas and just share the things we love and are passionate about. It's such a fun group. And we talk about everything from birthday parties to wedding rings to family pictures. It's a who's who of basically like classy, preppy, grand millennial style. Like you said, just traditions of everybody's and everybody's so sweet. They help each other. They give feedback. They encourage each other. They lift each other up. But you and what is it? So you and the girl, her name and is Britt. Brit. Yeah. Okay. Because your Instagram is Verona Brit. Yes. <laughs> but your name is Veronica. Yes. It, it was a nickname from high school that somehow stuck. And now I kind of regret making all of my social handles around that because it doesn't make sense because my middle name is not Brit. I actually don't even have a middle name. So it's very confusing for a lot of people. So what you want me to, so you go by Veronica, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. I was like, is her name Verona or Veronica? I really don't want to say it wrong. (laughs) How do you, and, and then you, you have your uh, maiden name and your last name, but yes, but I, you know, I don't know how to say those either, but that's okay. That's totally fine. It's Javor. Javor. Ramos. Romus. Romus. Oh gosh. Yes. Dagamet. I was so close. I was. It's okay. But you have a blog, like everything you have a, and it's everything that you have gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah. So my, my blog was kind of born in a similar way to the grand millennial style Facebook group. And I started it in 2009 and I actually started a blog, honestly, because I was on a wedding planning message board called The Knot. This is before Pinterest existed. So if you were a bride planning your wedding, it was really the only way you could connect with other brides who were also planning their weddings that same year and get ideas and share inspiration and share photos from your wedding, you know, once your wedding had passed. And I had shared photos of my wedding on this message board, you know, after being on it for a year, a year and a half planning. And I suddenly started getting an influx of people asking about, you know, my hair, my makeup and, you know, where I shop. And someone on that message board actually suggested, you know, since you're getting all these questions, you should just start your own blog and have a website where you can share all of this content, you know, with the people who are curious. And that's how I started it. It was a hobby for an extremely long time. Over 10 years, I worked full time in addition to doing my blog. I used to work at a children's hospital in um, public relations. And then um, in April of 2021 is when I left my full time job in communications and decided to just devote my full time to my blog and growing my space. And it's just been kind of a whirlwind journey because I literally never imagined when I hit publish on that first post in 2009, I still remember it was about my favorite blush, that it would turn into my full-time job one day. And I, I just feel very fortunate that I get to do something I love every day and just sharing the things that I love and creating a wonderful community. Everything is really beautiful. It's soft, but it's still colorful. The blog is Veronica's Blushing. And Veronica yeah. don't know. They need to know it's with a K. And all you have to do is put Veronica with a K and you come up on Google. Yeah, I think it's I think it's enough of a non-traditional spelling, but I'm probably one of the first search results, which is always helpful. Yeah, it is. Okay, so you and your husband and you have you have two girls. We we have a girl, I'm a nine year old girl, and we have a seven year old boy. Okay. Because they have cute names. My daughter's name is Sailor. Oh, I love that name. We have a Harper and a Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Oh my gosh. Har- Harper's a really popular name. Lincoln. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Dax Shepard and his daughter's name is Lincoln. Yes. Yes. I saw that. And you know, it's the first time I've seen the name be used for a girl. So I just think that's really fun. And I think, I think Harper and Lincoln are both kind of unisex names just Mm -hmm. in and of themselves. So I don't know. I guess I never imagined myself being a unisex name kind of person, but I guess I am. (laughs) So funny. I know. Well, my Harper will definitely stand out because she has bright red, naturally curly hair. So I think she'll definitely be a standout. <laughs> Every, oh, we can't go anywhere in public without people stopping us to, you know, compliment her hair. And it's just, it's so funny. I'm like, oh gosh, I hope she doesn't develop some kind of like complex about it because her hair is just so stunning. But, you know, I think she likes it when she gets compliments on her hair because it's, it's, it is so unique. You know, it's so rare to see a redhead 
head with kind of bluish eyes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's really pretty. Okay. Are you really this organized all the time? I am literally the least organized person on earth. My, I think my husband would actually laugh that you said that. Um, like, <laughs> so you know, I actually, I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult um, yes, quite recently me. in the last couple of years. Yes. And I honestly never really knew what ADHD was. And I didn't understand that the symptoms are different in women than they are in men. And now my entire like chaotic existence throughout my life has completely made sense. Yes. Because I, yes, I love to clean and organize and I love to maintain a well-maintained home. You know, it gives me clarity and calm because I work from home. So I, I feel like the environment around me needs to be clean and organized so I can focus on my work. But anything behind a closed door, I'm talking cabinets, closets, et cetera, yes. is a total disaster of chaotic proportions. I can never oh. maintain it. In fact, my mom visited me from Canada recently because I'm originally, I grew up in Canada and she literally like came into my home and immediately just started like reorganizing my closet, you know, everything that was a mess, my bathroom cabinets, she just took everything out and reorganized it. And she did that when I was a child as well. And I'm like, gosh, it all makes sense. I'm really good at organizing things and making them look beautiful. But maintaining them in that condition is not my forte. <laughs> it's hard. I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult as well. And I think it was in my mid 20s, late mid to late 20s that I was diagnosed. And I actually went to the doctor because I was on medicine for depression and anxiety. And I didn't want to take that for the rest of my life. I thought, well, I don't want to be pumping these chemicals in my body and having this medicine like, you know, I need to come up with a game plan. And I went in there to explain my situation. As I'm explaining myself, the doctor's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? And I thought they were, I, I just thought, why would you say that? I'm not hyper. Right. And I went to another, I went to a psychiatrist after that and she did the exact same thing. She said, you have ADHD. And once she gave me my tools for my toolbox and I understood how to work them, it was, I saw the world in a completely different way. It made yes. And I, I can totally relate to that feeling in terms of like the toolbox, because for me, I actually have always had really crippling anxiety. And I actually I am on medication for my anxiety now. But what's so interesting is once I treated my anxiety, most of my ADHD symptoms improved significantly because it's it, it was like taking the cloud of anxiety away just allowed me to be more focused, more energized because I wasn't being so drained you know, by my constant anxiety. So it's so interesting. I feel like we have kind of these parallel journeys, but, you know, in a little bit of a different sense um, with, with my anxiety, you know, being treated and then seeing the improvement in the focus. Well, once I got treated for ADHD, then my depression and anxiety went away. It was, yeah. it was, it, it was like the chicken or the egg. I thought, oh my goodness. So once I treated the ADHD, all all the cloud cover that you talked about, it, it did, it went away. I was high functioning. It was wonderful. I, and I was on Adwell. I looked great. I sounded great. I was moving millions of dollars around every day for a financial institution. So I needed to be medicated at that point. Mm -hmm. I had grown up in a private Christian school. So I always knew I'd have a binder. I had to write notes. I grew up where I, I had to be extremely organized 
And so I put that into my regular life, but I can squirrel. (laughs) I get distracted. I'm super creative. You know, you forget things. I'm all the time losing stuff. But I also think part of that has to do with just being a mom, being a mom. You know, we're getting the mental load of motherhood and thinking of all the things, you know, and just staying on top of everything. But I have to say, I, I, I know ADHD is often perceived as this sort of, you know, really difficult thing to deal with. And, and there are a lot of difficult aspects to it, but there are some positives and some blessings that do come with ADHD. And I, I think that one of them is that, especially as women, if, if you're a woman with ADHD and you have a passion or you're creative, you are able to really hyper-focus and lean into that. And it just brings you so much joy and happiness. Mm. Yes. And, I, and that's part of the reason I feel, and I'm sure you feel the same way, that I feel so lucky to be able to do the work that I do. Because, of course, I have, you know, content that I have due to brands at certain times. And, you know, so I have to dedicate time to, you know, create that content. But, you know, sponsored content is such a small percentage of what I do that all of the other, you know, video or or posts that I create for my blog, 90% of it is all just things I come up with on my own and pursue on my own and ideas that I have. And I get to wake up every morning and think, okay, what do I really want to lean into today? Mm-hmm. What is what is on my mind, you know, or what have my followers been asking me to post about, you know, maybe it's, maybe I've been getting a lot of questions about paint colors lately. So I make a reel sharing all of the paint colors in our home. And, you know, I, it's just so nice to be able to wake up every morning and get to choose what you're going to lean into. And I think that is like one huge advantage of ADHD is that you're so excited and so focused on the excitement of working on that content that you're essentially just enjoying your day. You know, I think it's a, for me, I consider it. I don't, think of it as a hindrance or something negative. I look at it as a superpower. I am a creative savant. I can, I can brainstorm and I can just channel in anything as long as it's a creative like avenue. I can navigate that. What is harder for me is when you bring in numbers, when there's numerical values with things and I have to focus really hard and concentrate and not miss a hair or a sliver of something that makes it super hard for me. But creativity is you can mold it and grow it. And it's so fluid in how it develops going on. I don't know. I think it's a superpower. Some people think of it as a negative, but I would not be able to do anything that I do that impresses people. And sometimes I impress myself too. The other day I made something. I was like, dadgummit, I'm a really good cook. (laughs) you know yeah absolutely I mean and and I feel I feel the exact same way I identify with everything you're saying because you know sometimes like even just putting up my tree and last year I I handmade all of these ornaments with fabrics and ribbons and when I finished that tree I just looked at it and thought oh my goodness like this is such a beautiful masterpiece I cannot believe that I as an almost 40 year old mom like 
handmade half of the ornaments on this tree. And, you know, I, I think it's important as women that, you know, that not only we lift each other up, but we lift ourselves up. I think it's, I think a lot of women are really hesitant to compliment themselves or say that they did an amazing job on something. But I've always been one of those people who I like to recognize my accomplishments and I like to celebrate, you know, the work that I do or something that I've created. And I think that more women really need to take the time and acknowledge, you know, how hard they work and how amazing they are. Did your mom, did she, does she do this like my mom? You know, when you give her a compliment, she kind of just downgrades it. She's like, oh, no, no. You know, oh, I just woke up. Oh, I can't look that good. You know, we're so used to when people give you a compliment, you kind of dismiss it. And instead, I think a lot of us are trying to learn to compliment ourselves. Yes, and- absolutely. I, I think it's definitely a generational shift where, you know, women in our generation. And, and I think part of that has to do with maybe, you know, not having quite the village that, you know, previous generations had with having like a whole community and village around you to help with your children and, you know, just little things like that. I feel like because we're kind of more independent these days and we don't necessarily have the village or we live away from our families, it kind of forces us to just really appreciate everything that we do and that we accomplish. And I do, I agree with you. I think women need to be better at taking compliments instead of just brushing them off. And I, I hope that, you know, with your platform and my platform, I hope that that is what we are giving women, like essentially Mm -hmm. encouragement to, um, you know, to be proud of themselves and their homes and their families and, you know, kind of bringing it back to home decor. I I think a lot of people look at, you know, decorating your home and seeing it as something, you know, superficial or unnecessary, or why would you spend your money on that? But I'm a true believer, and there are studies published about this, that your environment really impacts your Mm -hmm. mood, your level of happiness. And when I walk into my home, I want to get a feeling of, I love this space. I love everything that surrounds me, whether it's a little tiny knickknack, you know, that I got from home goods on my shelf or the chinoiserie panels I have framed in my living room. Every piece I select is intentional and meant to just bring me this sense of happiness and color and sort of peace, I guess. Um, So I, I think that, you know, your home can be a reflection of you know, your, your mental state almost like when my home is messy and crazy, like we were talking about earlier, like there's just too much on my plate and there's too much going on. Or like right now it's the holiday season, which is crazy busy, you know, for the business I'm in. And when things are clean and bright and sort of just everything is in its place, I feel like it's just a representation of where you are. Okay. So you mentioned that you're from Canada. Houston's kind of like slashed your accent out. You have a little bit, but I mean, obviously you don't have a Texas accent. Exactly. Yeah. My friend, my Canadian friends make fun of me because they say that I don't sound Canadian at all anymore. And, and it's funny when I talk to them now, I can recognize like their Canadian sort of accent. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely lost mine. But so my, my story is kind of interesting because I was actually born in Bratislava, which is um, in the former Czechoslovakia, which is now the Slovak Republic and the Czech Republic. And I was born there. And when I was three, um, the country was under communism. And my parents decided to escape communism and come to Canada because we had had other relatives that had also immigrated to Canada prior to communism. And we kind of escaped. Um, (laughs) We kind of My mouth is wide open. I had no idea. Yeah. And, you know, I really don't have any strong memories of it because I was I was essentially a toddler, you know, when it happened. But we 
we um, escaped from um, Slovakia, crossed the border into Austria, and then we lived in Austria for, I think, about six months, and then we flew into Canada. Um, and, you know, we lived with some relatives for a little bit until my parents got an apartment. So, yeah, it, it's kind of like this interesting journey. And now I live in the U.S. because of my husband. So I've definitely kind of lived in several different areas. But, um, yeah. How did you meet your husband? How did you get to the, I mean, you came to the States. Yeah. Because your husband, how did y'all meet? Yeah, so we actually had a long distance relationship because we met online initially. That's awesome. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things that just happened to work out. It was kind of before the, you know, days where you really, where online dating was a thing. So it was, it was kind of awkward, I remember, to talk about it back in the day. Whereas nowadays, I feel like everybody meets, you know, Every, their spouse online. Every, um, everybody. I've so many, so many people I know personally. Now, and they talk about it more, but, you know, we don't have time to list all the names. But right. yes, but I know exactly what you're talking about. At the beginning of it, everybody kind of felt a little embarrassed, like, oh, yeah. I'm on whatever. But now that's the only way you can meet. Yeah. And, and I think it allows you to meet people that you wouldn't really get to know otherwise, you know, like. I, I feel like social circles, you know, you have your group of friends and, you know, maybe you might meet some acquaintances through them, but I feel like you can really like broaden your horizons, I guess, when you have access to essentially everyone. So your husband, was he originally from Houston and y'all? Yes. Just okay. So he's a Texas boy. And how would you recognize yourself as a Canadian or... So I am still a Canadian citizen, technically. I, I do have a permanent residency status and green card in the United States, but I, I am planning to pursue dual citizenship so that I'll have dual Canadian and U.S. citizenship. We'll, we'll have to celebrate and have a GM party. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll make we'll, it like Americana with <laughs> lots of blue and white ginger jars everywhere. <laughs> our blue and white ginger jars and yeah. red roses or carnations or yes. oh my gosh you're That's giving so me ideas <laughs> well how does your mom feel about you being in texas with her being in canada i you know i do think it's challenging for her because you know we we love spending time together and she loves seeing the grandkids she was just here for two weeks i uh, know uh, she's so fun and so sweet and, and i dress Yes, she, we, we did a little wedding dress photo shoot. And I have to say, I think that my sort of like maximalist aesthetic in adulthood, like, I do think it's rooted in my childhood and my mom, because I, I used to kind of like laugh at my mom, because she kind of had like every shelf had some kind of, you know, figurine or crystal or like all of her shelves were just jam packed with things. And she would, she had this one mirror in her bedroom. And she did this kind of DIY project where she took like, faux flowers and like glued them all around the frame mm. of the mirror and at the time I, I kind of laughed and I was like gosh you just can't stand things to be like unadorned with something and now I'm like oh my gosh like we, we have different aesthetics she's actually leaned more modern now and I'm like deep into the traditional and grand millennial aesthetic so it's just funny because I feel like it's all rooted in my childhood and even growing up like my parents were really flexible with letting me decorate my bedrooms and I remember my high school bedroom was like I had dark purple walls and like a fuzzy leopard print bedding set and <laughs> so I, I just I, I was able to really lean into decorating and 
I kind of wish I honestly interior design. But I think yes, I think at the time when I was growing up, I didn't know any interior designers. I didn't have any friends whose parents were interior designers. I I didn't really realize that it was like a viable career option or that you could even go to school to become an interior designer. And now I'm thinking, gosh, I wish I would have known or recognized my passion for interior design when I was younger because I I just think it's such a you know, special job to create a home for a family that really meets their needs, you know, both functional and aesthetic. I really agree. I I thought the exact same thing. And then I thought, well, if I was good at math, I would have become an architect because I'm so tired of going into these homes. I mean, on average, I see over 600 homes a year. Wow. I'm doing this now for seven years. And so it's Long story short, I, I now work for myself because I was working for a global paint company and they laid me off. So it slowed down a bit, but I would go in and people would have these complaints and I would see these weird things and I, I just know a guy did it. I'm like, golly, yes. whoever created this house, they didn't think about this, that door opening, they didn't think things through. And I thought, golly, I would have been, I would have been on it for residential architecture to make sure that these homes are just... Yeah, that that they make sense for the modern family, you know, like even even just thinking I listen to a lot of design podcasts and I listened to one recently that talked about, you know, just simple things like, you know, when you bring home your groceries, how far from entry point into your home, you know, from your garage or whatever to where you have to store the groceries, like what does that look like? And And I feel like as women, we think about those things. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, more women architects, like we need more homes designed, you know, for the modern family. So I'm totally with you on that. I know, man, we should come up with a, a pitch for somebody. We should collaborate. We need to meet with, with an, a residential architect and just give right. them a, get on, make- get on Shark Tank with this idea, better I- home plans <laughs> for families. Oh my goodness. Okay. I still can't get over that you were in Tell me the country you were born in. Slovakia. Slovakia. Slovakia with an Slovakia. S. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm okay. Do you have any special traditions or holidays that you still celebrate in your own home that has like crossed over? Do you anything that carried over? I I wouldn't necessarily say traditions because you know we we celebrate Christmas and stuff the same as in you know Canada and the U.S. But what I will say is, growing up um, in Slovakia, you actually celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth, okay. and you would you would celebrate um, essentially like Jesus bringing you the the gifts because the three wise men brought the gifts to Jesus. So we always celebrated on the 24th. I got to open all of my presents at night, you know, so I would call my friends the next day and, you know, they had just opened theirs and they would kind of be like, I can't believe you already got to open your presents. So um, more so actually the things I miss most, like culturally from Slovakia is the food. Um, I used to cook a lot with my mom growing up and she made a lot of like traditional meals from scratch that I still like remember to this day as being favorites. Um, But I'm not quite as talented in the kitchen as we all know. So every time she comes over, I'm like, can you please make this? And she'll, you know, whip up a traditional Slovak dish for me. So it's always fun. It's so sweet. Have y'all, when was the last time you guys visited as a family? Um, You mean in Slovakia? Yeah. Have you ever gone? 
so I, I have been with my mom like growing up. Um, but I actually have not, I, I went in adulthood once because for a funeral actually, which is not the greatest reason to go, but, um, I would like to take my family there one day and my children to just, you know, experience it. But, um, no, no, no plans in the immediate future. I think I'll wait until they're a little older. Yeah. No, well, no. And plus with everything going on over there, um, that's close, that's close. Yes. To just stay in home base and, when things yeah, absolutely then then you can go over okay so you grew up in Canada and you had these beautiful seasons and then you moved to Houston and then it's just hot and humid all the time but your skin is perfect <laughs> well I I actually think that the climate here is better for my skin oh it is um yeah, yeah, humidity. I mean, it just infuses your skin with so much more moisture. I mean, you do have to be careful because it is hot and sunny. So you got to wear that SPF. I'm I'm a big devotee of SPF every single day. Even if your makeup has it, you have to, you know, wear your SPF separately. Um, and it's a huge shift in terms of everything from culture to, you know, the climate here. But I have to say, I think I'm a Southern girl at heart. Because yeah, I, I, I love, I love, you know, the traditional Southern homes. I love like big voluminous hair. I just love all things Southern, even though I did not grow up with any of those sort of traditions or aesthetic. Um, that's what I've sort of come to love in my adult age. I love it. No, everything you do is very, very beautiful. The deep attention to detail is insane. And you're lovely. Were you a ballerina? Not a ballerina. Um, I, I think I kind of wish that I had been. Um, I, I was actually, I did gymnastics for a long time and I ended up coaching gymnastics as well when I was in high school. You did? Um, yeah. But, but everybody always asks me about the ballet because I'm so tall. <laughs> but um, I, I used to model as a teenager. Um, I was signed with an agency in um, Toronto and I modeled for a couple of years, you know, just like print, print work and stuff like that. Um, and that was fun, but... Well, that's why you're such a natural and the camera, you know how to pose and curate looks and put them together because you do have an elegant presence. It feels like Audrey. Audrey Hepburn. I love that. I always say like, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm just like the 40 year old version or almost 40 year old version of like the Blair Waldorf, you know, like the gossip girl era where, yes. and, and I feel like, like, I, I feel like ever since like the grand millennial aesthetic became like more known and trending, which I agree with you. I hate to say that it's trending because it is rooted in tradition, but I'm seeing the shift in fashion as well, going back to like that gossip girl look, which I, which I do think is more maximalist, you know, it has the frills and the ruffles and the pearl details and the tweeds and, you know, just like more luxurious fabrics. Like, I really feel like we're leaning into that fashion wise, mm -hmm. like in addition to the nineties stuff that's trending now, I'm seeing a lot more of like that gossip girl style trickle back in. And I do think that it's connected to this sort of like traditional grand millennial aesthetic and vibe that's happening right now. Started your blog because somebody suggested it and do you do you have to do something every single day on your blog like how do you manage your time because man what what all is involved they really don't because yes maintaining it, it is work maintaining a website and the group the blog the website 
Yes. I, I essentially say like, you know, oh, and a lot of, and I don't blame people for not understanding this industry because, you know, it is on the newer side, especially people doing this as their full-time job. It is a little bit newer and, and I don't think people understand everything that goes behind it. But the way I think about it is, you know, when I was working at the children's hospital, I had one job. I, I worked in public relations. I pitched store the media. I coordinated, you know, with our doctors and experts and oversaw all of the media interviews and pitch stories. So I had like this one role, but now with running my own website and my LTK and my Amazon shop and my TikTok and all of my, you know, different social media channels, I'm the photographer, I'm the photo editor, I'm the videographer, I'm the, the writer, I'm the editor, I'm, you know, I do the business side of things. I do all of my own invoicing. And, you know, when I'm going back and forth with brands on different brands, you know, it's, it's all me. I don't have anyone else. So I almost feel like I'm doing like 10 jobs that other people in my department when I worked in a corporate job were hired for, but I'm just doing those 10 jobs just for my own business and myself. So I, I think you're right that a lot of people don't know what goes into it because I, I think I think it does look kind of effortless, like, oh, just put on this outfit and film a reel. But, you know, mm -hmm. you're not seeing all the back end work behind it of making sure the outfit is you know, linked. So it's shoppable, you know, also creating photo content with it, also creating stories content with it. You know, there's all the, and then going back to the blog, I, I don't publish every day anymore just because I, I really focus more on my social channels like Instagram and TikTok. But, um, but I, I do still publish content on there regularly, especially evergreen content that people can reference back. So, you know, a lot of my home decor posts are some of the most popular. And if someone says, well, what are the paint colors in your home? I can send them a link to a post where I have all of the paint colors written out. So it's a permanent resource that's available online. Well, I want to know all the paint colors. I know that you've got it on there. Do you want to tell me what they are? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I love, I love paint colors. I'm, I'm so passionate about color because I feel like I, like I said earlier, I feel like there's been this trending like beige, white or black and white monochromatic over the last decade or so, like the very Chip and Joanna, you know, everything shiplap. And I feel like now people are opening their hearts and eyes to color more, myself included. And it's so exciting to me because I think color sets the tone and, you know, sets a mood. And so I'll start with our kind of like main wall color that's throughout our entire house. And because we have a very open concept home, like our kitchen, dining and living area are all one big room open up to each other. Um, we went with Sherwin-Williams Snowbound, which is my favorite, favorite white. Um, we have that everywhere on our walls and our ceiling and our trim. So that's kind of throughout the house. And then upstairs is where we brought the color in. So we recently, our primary bedroom painted. Um, I, I used a Farrowin ball color, but I did have it color matched at Sherwin-Williams. And it is called Teresa's Green. And it's absolutely oh. beautiful. It's kind of this like minty sage color. And it just has... Mm -hmm such a beautiful depth to it and we also had like um professional like you know the trim the panel molding installed all throughout our bedroom kind of giving it that parisian like cafe vibe i feel like especially with the color yes. um and 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 i i'm just so in love with it and i'm so glad that i did a color in our room because i i really love white walls especially for spaces like that are large and open where you can't really, you know, do different colors. I think white is such a beautiful, um, you know, grounding color for all of the other elements in the space. But when you have a bedroom, 
I think it's just so special to really like make it that jewel box where you, you know, make it a color. And every time you walk in, it just makes you happy. And then the other rooms we've painted in our home, um, my son's room is a Pharaoh and ball color, also color matched at Sherwin-Williams called Parma Gray, which is just a beautiful blue color, like a mid-tone blue. And then my daughter's room is a Benjamin Moore color called Melted Ice Cream, which is just oh. like a very beautiful, soft, light pink um, on, on the color swatch, and I, I know you're a color expert, so I know you know this. On the color swatch, it almost has like a beige undertone, but on the mm -hmm. walls, it's just that perfect, beautiful pink. And then we did her bathroom in a really like nice, soft mint color called Opal Essence by Benjamin Moore. Um, and then mm -hmm. my next painting project is going to be our laundry room, which I'm going to probably also do in a shade of green. If not Teresa's green, then some other tone um and then i'll kind of be done with the painting in this home well you can um if you want to do a virtual color consultation my treat we can collaborate and we can pick out a color for your laundry room and we can talk about it i and love bounce that. ideas out if you want but um the colors you've chosen are really beautiful like snowbound has a pink undertone so i hate snowbound <laughs> people don't know how to use it the fact that you knew how to use it and you wanted a clean white which snowbound is a clean white but because you paired it on the ceiling and the trim on the walls, you don't see the undertone. Exactly. It just looks like this soft, yummy white, mm -hmm. which I like colors to have a velvety kind of feel. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. And that Teresa's green is like that. It's just, it has like that blue green. It's just real yummy. Yeah. And the melted like the melted ice cream and parma. Oh my gosh. Those, I, I Googled them while you were saying them out loud. I knew some of them, but I Googled the um, Pharma gray and the melted ice cream. Those are really pretty colors. Yeah, they're beautiful. And, and I think my entire home sort of has like four colors as the main aesthetic. Like it's the white, yeah. light blue, green, and pink, and a little bit, a little, some hints of lavender as well. And I think that you know, I've just tried to carry those colors then into the bedrooms and smaller. We also have some wallpaper in our entryway and our primary bathroom. So I think I've just tried to work within that color palette because the home is so open concept. I wanted to have sort of like a cohesive vibe when you go from downstairs to upstairs. And I think bringing those individual colors into the bedrooms was just like a really fun way to do that and to personalize each of those spaces. Let me tell you. Your blog, Veronica's Blushing, is so easy to navigate. It's really clean to look at. And it's it's like aesthetically pleasing too. Is it feels feminine, but it's not busy, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes me so happy that you said that it's easy to navigate because oh, that that is my sure. number one priority. Um, when I especially being mobile responsive and everything. Um my number one priority is to make sure that people can find what they're looking for on my website, because oftentimes, you know, I answer every single DM, not one ever goes unanswered. So it's so important to me to be able to send people a link that they're looking for or the information they're looking for. So it makes me happy that, you know, they can use the search bar if, you know, I'm not responding quickly enough and they can have access to what they're looking for. Well, I had no idea. I mean, I knew, okay, of course I love you because I'm in the Gramlennial group and I've, I've talked to you in there before and all that good stuff. So, and like people that like the sort of things, you know, you're like, Oh, those are my people. So I I'm attracted because of that reason. And so I wanted to get to know you better. I'm so glad that I'm, I got you on my, I got you on the podcast. So I could, but I'm navigating your 
pot your um sorry your blog right now and at the bottom there's this little bar where you can search things like you said mm-hmm. you know to search paint colors it brought it up right away and then shopping on the like it to know it or shopping on Instagram I thought oh wow so if I saw something on your Instagram and I don't want to like like go through all the buckets of posts I'm like where is it I can just go to your blog and then at the top it says shop Instagram and then it has all the little pictures and then I can just click on the picture and then it has all the items itemized underneath individually and then it takes I can go to Tucker Nut or J. Crew, like to that item right away. Yes, I I think you know LTK is such an important partner in my business, and they have essentially created you know an app and you know applications for websites as well that makes it so easy to just shop exactly you know what you're looking for on any content creator's page, and it's just been. I mean, they've been a game changer. They're the reason that I can do this, you know, as my full-time job because I'm able to share the things that I love and then, you know, make a very small commission when someone does make a purchase on something that I've recommended. So it's kind of like the perfect marriage of people who love creating content and also want to, you know, turn it into their full-time income. And just to be clear, you don't have you don't have crap on here. You have things that you really, truly have that you love, that you admire, that you desire, that you've done your research on. So when I'm looking at your Amazon page, I'm not looking through 5,000 things. I'm looking at specific things that you have handpicked and curated for your space or, you know, the board that you're doing. It's, it's not overwhelming. Some people just put everything on there because they're like, well, if I give them a bunch of stuff, then I'm bound to get paid on something. It has a special look, a feel, and it's, it, it's, it's, all- it's curated. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because it's so important to me to remain true to the things that I love and my aesthetic. And, you know, we get, as content creators, we get offered a lot of different collaborations with various brands. And it's, you know, my biggest thing is maintaining trust with my community. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if I'm sharing stuff that sucks or that I would never use or <laughs> that I wouldn't actually recommend. I, I really can't be successful in, you know, sharing the things that I love if I don't actually like them. And, you know, especially because I also worked full time for, you know, almost the entire time I've been blogging until recently. I never had to rely on my blog and my, you know, social media presence for my main source of income. So I feel like I've, I've taken like a decade to really develop this trusting relationship with my followers and people who enjoy my content. So yeah, I'm deeply committed to really only sharing the things I love. And some occasionally I'll even share a fail. Like yesterday I was on my story saying, gosh, I ordered this vest from Amazon and it really is not great and it doesn't fit well and I'm returning it, you know, so I like to be really transparent about those things. And sometimes I'll even share something and say, I really love this, but I'm returning it because, you know, it, it I already have something similar in my closet or the fit isn't perfect. So, you know, I, I think transparency is one of the most important things in this industry. And I think that's why, you know, people like myself and other creators who have been around for a really long time have been able to succeed because we always put you know, integrity first. I'm so glad that you did because it, it cancels out all the noise that we see. Have you always been no nonsense? 
Pretty much. I mean, I, when I was working in the corporate world, most often I was really sharing the outfits that I was wearing to the office, you know, which I feel like that's an underserved sort of part of social media is really things that you can wear to the office. And, you know, number one, because a lot of people do work from home now. So people are dressing more casually. And number two, a lot of creators don't have traditional office jobs. So they're not necessarily sharing looks that are, you know, business casual or business professional. And I feel like I kind of like addressed that sort of gap in that market. And and I will say, you know, now that I work for myself, I I do dress more casually on the day to day, but I still like to showcase fancier looks because I do feel like, you know, the skirts and the dresses and the beautiful prints and the florals, I feel like that is true to my aesthetic preferences. So Mm -hmm. even though you couldn't necessarily wear like this gorgeous floral frock to the office, I feel like I'm also sharing things like you can wear this on a weekend or you can wear this to a special event. You know, I want people to have those special things in their closets in addition to the sort of day-to-day essentials. You're beautiful. I don't know if I've already told you that or not. You're so sweet. Thank you. I feel weird because... Um, I do give compliments out. If there's something nice to say, I absolutely say it. But I think you're gorgeous. Well, you're so that. sweet. Thank you. I mean, you're, and I'm so glad to hear you say that you're tall because it makes me feel better because you look tall and you're tall and lean. And I thought, and when you said you're a model, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's, that's in her DNA. I <laughs> yeah, I, de- I definitely got, I definitely got some good genes from, um, from the family with the height and everything. Well, we need to update your, a blog to say that your grand millennial style Facebook group has over 25,000 members. Not I, can't believe it. I know. No. I, I think it just grew so rapidly and we, and I have to say, so the, the Facebook group, you know, we want it to grow and we want it to be a larger community, but we are so selective about who we approve to be in the group. Number one, because it's it's a group only for women. You know, we wanted to have this safe space for women mm-hmm. to share their homes. And number two, we want to make sure that the members who are joining actually know what Grand Millennial style is and, you know, want that aesthetic for their home and understand, you know, that it's rooted in tradition with these modern elements. So we do have questions when people join that they have to answer in order to be approved because we want to keep the community the incredible place it has been, you know, you know, you see the types of posts in the group. We want it to remain a group for Grand Millennial style. And, you know, we don't want modern. We don't want farmhouse. There's plenty of other Facebook groups for that aesthetic. But we want our group to remain sort of this special, unique, small curated space where you are going to see homes that are Grand Millennial. Do you think that I should tell my husband we need to buy a new TV, a frame TV, because... I I think that's what I should ask him to buy me for Christmas. I need a frame TV because don't you think that would just be the missing like piece in your living room? A thousand percent. I approve of the frame TV and I have to say I, I, I've been really excited. A lot of my favorite artists on Instagram, like I, I'm, I'm thinking of who's been doing this. So like Alexis Walter is an incredible abstract artist that I follow whose work I love. And oh, I, I actually... She's amazing. And I actually purchased one of her Samsung frame TV pieces of art. I think it's about $25 or $30. But then you have this beautiful curated piece that looks exactly like the other pieces she would make on canvas or, you know, whatever type of medium she uses. And you have it on your TV. 
And it's just like a, a lot of artists are doing this now, even like you can buy gray mail and photography for frame TVs. I mean, everybody's kind of hopping on the frame TV art because it's so nice to have a piece by an artist or photographer that you love on your television. And it's kind of there 24 seven. And it's just, it adds so much to a room. Can you explain what the frame TV is in case anybody listening doesn't understand? Yeah. So the Samsung frame TV is essentially a TV that lays flush with your wall and it has like an interchangeable, I guess, frame around it. So you can change it to, you know, white or a natural wood tone. There's even a company that creates like custom Samsung frame TV frames that are kind of like these beautiful ornate antique gold. So it truly makes it look like your TV is a piece of art on the wall. I remember shortly after moving in, I had a friend come over for a play date and she said, oh, y'all don't have a TV down here. And I said, I pointed at the Samsung frame and I said, no, that is our TV. It's just an art TV. So um, I, I just think it's such a special piece because you're getting the aesthetics of having a beautiful piece of art on the wall, but then you have this really incredible high quality TV with a great image. So it, it kind of checks all the boxes. It checks the husband box of having a nice big screen TV and it checks, mm -hmm. you know, the wife box of wanting that that beautiful element and, and the simplicity and minimalism of a TV that sits flush to the wall like a painting would. They need to come up with the same concept, but for male, for men, for recliners. Something yes. And pleasing for the women to like approve to have it in our living rooms for everybody to see that it's comfortable for the guys because that seems to be the biggest hiccup do you have I bet you have a post on that too I, I actually don't but what's it's so funny you bring that up because some someone the other day asked in the group they said oh my husband really wants a sofa with a reclining but I can't find anything I like and I remember commenting like unfortunately I'm not sure those exist but I I swear to you this would be like the perfect business idea like we need to go in together on this to design yes. furniture that's beautiful oh. that you could never tell you know had any kind of reclining properties but it does I mean yeah. that that is an untapped market a thousand percent and I, I do know that there are some companies that they sell drop. stuff but it, aesthetically it's a no for me you know so it it's untapped well it looks cheap it doesn't look like it's well like it's good craftsmanship Exactly. When you, when you find it, they're chintzy, they're smaller. The guys, you know, it doesn't hit them. My husband's a chiropractor, so he's very particular about the ergonomics, if I'm yes. saying of the items. So when he sits down in something, if he doesn't have a place to rest his head or if his neck just like goes all the way back or it makes him sit too forward, you know, he comments on it. So, right. Yeah, let's do I'm down for it. I, I, <laughs> If it's not us, it's got to be someone. Someone's got to. I, I wish one of these sofa manufacturers that's kind of like popular right now. Like, I don't know if it's like Lulu and Georgia or Interior Define or Pottery Barn. I wish someone society on the team could kind of, yeah, Society Social could like take the lead, you know, in creating these pieces. And, and I think they would be obviously priced at a customized price point. But you know, for me, the aesthetics of a room are so important and so is the comfort, but I'm not going to buy something just because it's comfortable. Like it has to look the way I want it to look as well. And I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think society social is like the, the company that could make this happen. Maybe we need to pitch it to them. Okay. So we need to get our lawyer, Angie, to, yeah. um, to protect us. And then we need to go have a meeting with 
I know, I know. We we need to we need to talk to Roxy, the founder of Society Social, and see if she can get on board with this because their furniture is so beautiful and everything's custom. You know, they even oh. have like the fringe detailing on their accent chairs. And if they could just make it so that it like was a little bit reclinable or, you know, maybe it, it had a higher back for the husbands. I mean, I think we could really get on board with this. Oh, I, I think we could too. And uh, Roxy is gorgeous. I've been following her for a while and I'm so glad that she does what she does. She has such a breath of fresh air on all the designs and the fabric. Yeah. Yes. I, I think she's bringing, and you know, I, I know when we had talked about, you know, coming on the podcast, we talked about like textures and colors and fabrics and mixing in all those elements. And I, I think that's something that society social does so beautifully. Like they've got the bamboo and the rattan and the wicker, and they've also got the velvets and, you know, the textured linen fabrics and the fringe details. I mean, they really have a beautiful handle on those like classic grand millennial style pieces that, everybody is wanting for their homes and, and the textiles. I mean, I know they have like some brunch wig and fee, um, you know, fabrics available. I know they have like Lee Jofa's Althea, which is hugely popular right now. Um, and, and they offer pillows and different textiles in that. So yeah, if, if whoever's listening, if y'all have not checked out Society Social, you definitely should because they have some really beautiful pieces. Is there anything you'd like to share with us? Anything that you're working on or, you know, do you have, is there anything for Christmas that you want to alert the listeners to or? Yeah, I mean, I, I will be sharing a lot of different holiday content from, you know, decorating the tree to, ha- to how to make, you know, the perfect ribbons out of velvet. People have trouble tying the bows. I have like this whole method that has been working for me. And then I will also mention um, I have a ginger jar collaboration with Lauren Haskell Designs that actually released last January, but it, it is still available And they're these custom monogrammed ginger jars with like these beautiful bow adornments on them. And they're just beautiful. Love using them during the holidays because, you know, we have like our family's last name. We have the R on our ginger jars to signify our family. And they're just, they're great for year round, but for holiday decorating, they just feel really special because they do have that beautiful bow on them. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's also linked on my LTK and on my website and you can always check those out, but other than that, it's just going to be, um, you know, a lot of decorating content. I, I've ordered fabric from Etsy this year to make another round of my fabric ornaments. So I'll be sharing that Aww. process as well. And those are really fun to make if you have if you have the patience and energy because they they are a little bit um, frustrating to work with because everything's, you know, done by hand. But uh, they the, ultimately, they just look so beautiful that it's worth it. So let's talk about... Okay. Your Instagram is Verona Britt. Verona Britt, yep. Verona Britt. Okay, how is it spelled? It's V-E-R-O-N-A-B-R-I-T. Okay, and but the blog is Veronica. Veronica's Blushing. Veronica's Blushing. How did you come up with that name? You know. It reminds me of something. What is it that it reminds me of? I I don't know, but I I think I just used it because I knew I wanted to have my name in the title of the blog, but I didn't know how to bring, I didn't just want it to be like Veronica's blog. And then I thought, well, I really, one of the things I'm the most obsessed with when it comes to like beauty and makeup is blush. And I've always had like this signature bright pink blush and it's just like really a part or has been a part of my look for over a decade. So I thought, okay, Veronica's blushing. Like that's kind of a little bit of a play on words, but it also kind of signifies beauty and makeup, which is, 
kind of where I started my blog, more beauty, fashion and makeup. I didn't really get into the home decor part until a little bit later. Um, so yeah, it just, I just said Veronica's blushing and I thought it was kind of a fun play on words and it kind of stuck. It's, I, I think it's adorable. It's well, thank really, you. it's really catchy. I just needed to understand the whole Brit thing. And now it all makes sense. Cause I thought, well, okay, which one's your name? Is it Veronica or Verona? And- I know. I, I wish I would have just made my Instagram handle Veronica's blushing. I, I don't, I truly don't understand why I did it. Well, as someone, I don't know what happened. I tried to <gasps> switch it and someone like, I, I wasn't able to do it. They said someone else had it and you know how Instagram is. It's just, it's a confusing thing to navigate sometimes. So. Oh, I'm going to Google it now. Veronica's blushing on Instagram. I've got, it. let's see. Let's see what accounts come up. There's no, if they, if you spell it without, if you just spell it, Veronica's blushing, there's no accounts found. See, that's, that's so interesting because I did try to change my username once and they denied it saying that the name was already in use. So maybe I have to try again. I don't know. Well, I'm going to text. I don't know if you have an iPhone, but I'm texting it to you from my iPad. Thank you. So hopefully it's just a screenshot showing you. It's, it, it, it was there. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, I'm so grateful for your time today. And thanks for adjusting times. Sailor Kate's at home sick. So I have her all occupied. I was like, I'm going to do the podcast. So I need you to be really quiet. And then I'm going to come and love on you. And then I'll get your antibiotic. And oh, you're so sweet. Well, I do hope she feels better. And I'm, I'm grateful for our conversation. I, I love that we kind of just, this is like our conversation is literally like the epitome of an ADHD, like two women with ADHD <laughs> talking because we're like jumping from one thing to another and like connecting all the different things together. And like, I love talking with other like neurodivergent women because it's like, it's like we can have like 17 different conversations in one, but it all comes back to like these underlying themes. And it's so wonderful. It is though. It is. And people understand it too. So yeah. if you talk with another person that's like that, one of us will circle back. We, oh, we'll remember 100%. eventually we just need to get out whatever it is we need to get out. But it's, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. And I hope we can do this again sometime. I would love that, especially when we launch our line with Society Social. Yes. And when we do a color consult for the laundry room. Oh, yeah. No, I'm serious. I think that'll be so fun. No, we can absolutely do it. I'm, I'm, yes, absolutely. I'll text you. Sounds perfect. Well, thank you so much.